So you know how New Zealand has this uh, smoke-free 2025 goal? Yeah. And it's like, we've done really well in reducing the number of smokers in New Zealand, but like it's the last few people, the last few smokers who, who are hanging in there who are, who are quite difficult to, to get off the darts. Yeah. Um, Hong Kong is facing a similar issue, and uh, the government there is telling people to tackle this in an unusual way. Uh, the, 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 the health minister is encouraging people to stare at smokers in a disapproving way. <laughs> <laughs> naughty, naughty, naughty. Put your cigarette away. It already happens to a certain degree, right? Like I do remember as a kid, you'd like sit at a coffee table and if people were smoking around you, you'd be like... <coughs> it's all means to an end, isn't it? Anyway, um, lovely stuff. Uh, we'll keep an eye on Hong Kong and the success of this. But uh, kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. The political temperature is continuing to heat up. And this weekend saw the lobbying of a previous kingmaker. So we're checking in with one of Stuff's political reporters to get the lowdown. It was also a big old weekend of FIFA games and we've got another week of action ahead. So what should you be keeping an eye on? A prestigious college in the US has had a spectacular downfall with its president forced to resign. We'll explain why. And plus it's jail time for a thief who stole an, pun alert, exceptional amount of chocolate in the UK. I'm sorry. I, I didn't write that line. <laughs> that was all me, but we've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsville. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. The weekend saw a flurry of politics, with the Green Party announcing its 2023 election campaign, a transport policy announcement from the ACT Party, and New Zealand First's annual party conference. Say that five times fast. No, I won't, because... Winston Peters might come out of a mirror. <laughs> Luckily for us, though, uh, Stuff political reporter Glenn McConnell is here now to tell us what we need to know from all of this. He's done the sifting and he has the main takeaways. He's joining us actually from outside Mount Smart Stadium. Glenn, kia ora. Kia ora. Let's talk Greens, first of all. A campaign launch. Uh, no surprises, really. Poverty and the climate. Bread and butter for the Greens, would you say? Yeah, this is just a rehash of what they already said in Auckland a few weeks ago at their AGM, but they did it in Wellington to cut down emissions so their fans didn't have to fly up pretty much. It's back to the basics. They want to, you know, deliver better housing for people and, and those sort of more left issues where people are frustrated with Labour and say they haven't done enough. Moving now to the comeback king, Winston Peters and New Zealand First's election launch. Could they really be players this year after crashing out so spectacularly? It's an impossible question. He, you know, Winston Peters keeps coming back. He he insists he's got plenty of fuel in his tank. He says this isn't his first rodeo. He He's ready to fight another day. And he had a big crowd of people who seem to believe in him. He's targeting, uh, he called them forgotten New Zealanders, people frustrated with all sorts of stuff. And if he can just keep finding these issues where, where you know, there are, are lost voters um, ready to, to leave one of the major parties, I wouldn't rule it out. Sticking with New Zealand first, uh, this is a bit in Congress, a, a former Shortland Street actor, and perhaps more importantly, one of the 2007 Clio magazine Bachelors of the Year, has joined the party and is campaigning for a seat in the heart, Glenn. Yeah, I didn't know he was a, a, a Clio <laughs> Bachelor from 2007. And I the actually, more you know. 
I didn't know he was a Shortland Street star when I saw him uh, this morning. Lee Donoghue is campaigning for New Zealand First. He's on a gender identity campaign. A lot of New Zealand First voters are worried about um, gender politics and what they call woke social engineering. He is on that bandwagon and he um, got the party to agree to crack down on schools teaching gender ideology. Let's turn to the ACT Party now. It's proposing to allow private investors to fund new roads and to add more tolls to our roads. What did they say that that would achieve? Yeah, the ACT Party's sick of uh, NZTA pretty much spending too much money. It gets a pool of funding from um, fuel taxes, uh, but it often overspends. It takes that from the rest of the tax budget, and uh, they think that's not fair. They think users should be paying, so they want to build toll roads and, and make kind of road users completely fund the transport system they use. Glenn, I guess just in summary, you know, quite a lot happening on a weekend. Is this a sign, do you think, that the election campaign is really, is really kicking into gear? Yeah, for political reporters, weekends are now over. <laughs> the campaign has started. Uh, Sundays are now spent outside stadiums where politicians are trying to claw their way back into parliament. It is firmly campaign season. Every party was working this weekend and they will keep working until October 14. Glenn McConnell, of course, you were outside Mount Smart Stadium because that's where New Zealand First are having their annual party conference. You're not just randomly standing outside Mount Smart Stadium <laughs> as we introduced you. So I'm pleased to... Just love the Warriors. Love up the wires. <laughs> up the wires, I'll be here next week as well for them. Thanks, Glenn. I feel like we knew this would happen. Not I feel like. We did say this would happen, but the buzz around the FIFA Women's World Cup is finally here and growing, right? I'm still riding the wave <laughs> uh, of the, the football fans' victory over Norway. So let's chat a bit more with Sky's Christina Eddy. Kia ora. Kia ora. Yeah, it's been special, hasn't it? I mean, we always hoped that this would happen. We always hoped there'd be such a buzz, but to be standing sideline for that Football Ferns match where 42,000 people, passionate fans as well, um, cheered on the Football Ferns, that was just a special moment in, in my career for sure. Uh, we saw over the weekend the US women's national team play Vietnam. They dispatched them pretty comfortably. This was a pretty historic occasion though, right? Like that, this is the best team by miles in the history of women's football. I mean, you look at their Instagram or their social media before the match and they they donned <laughs> the suits and they said it's business time you know they're here the superstars are in town and they make you know about it I mean that's exactly what we expected with the USA um, football team and it was fantastic as well to see such an epic crowd after obviously the football ferns match on Thursday night turn out to support USA too I mean it just goes to show that Obviously, the Football Ferns' success has been fantastic for the tournament and I think really key, but, I mean, when you've got stars in town from the likes of the USA, um, people don't stay away, do they? And, and I think, you know, Vietnam actually held up pretty good against them yeah. too, considering it was their first World Cup performance. And the Philippines also played a match against Switzerland. How were they looking? Because the Footy Ferns are playing them on Tuesday. Exactly right. I mean, we always hoped that the Philippines would be the game that we would win. That would be the history-making game. So it feels nice that we've done it against Norway. But the pressure's not off. You know, if we want to make it out of our group stage, we have to perform well. We would love to probably have obviously the top spot out of the group, you know, top our pool, that would be the best result. Um, it would see us play the third place getters in Group C, I believe. So that's exactly what we want. But yes, I guess the next match we obviously have is the Philippines and they didn't look as pretty as I actually thought that they could have because they actually are a star-studded side. All their players play in the US. Mm -hmm. They have a coach that's been touted as one of the greatest coaches in the women's game. Aussie really wanted him. 
So it was never a given that we were really going to go well against them. But watching them against Switzerland, I think we have them. If we play the game we played against Norway, I think we've got them in the bag. England, uh, they played Haiti and they beat them. But it was a bit of an attritional match, I would say, Christina. It wasn't the performance they would have wanted mm. against a side like Haiti. Um, I mean, Haiti where she'd be pretty stoked with that performance, actually. Um, it sort of it seems to be the, the running... The running theme, so to speak, for, for England at a World Cup, they just can't seem to appear and turn up and look like they're super solid or they're a front runner for this tournament. So, yeah, they won't be happy with that and they'll be they'll be looking to sort of regroup ahead of the rest of the tournament. I wouldn't say, actually, based on that performance, that they're looking like one of the powerhouses of this tournament, unfortunately. So other than New Zealand-Philippines on Tuesday, what other games and matches should we be keeping an eye on this week? Italy-Argentina uh, tonight is looking really good. I mean, it's interesting because the TAB have them and have Italy, you know, clear favourites. In fact, every betting agency across um, the world actually has Italy as clear favourites, which is interesting. They've both been at a World Cup for the, um, at the four, for the fourth time. They last met in 1971, so they actually haven't played mm. each other for ages. And you would almost expect that, you know, um, a South American team like Argentina would be the one to, to be the favourites. But Italy, they have a really strong side and they are looking pretty composed as well in the lead up to this tournament so I mean yeah all bets are on Italy but that should be a pretty interesting game and I mean it would be a good one to be at because I know that based on the friendly that Argentina had with the football ferns um, those fans they get out in full force and it's that pure passion mm. it's that you know South American passion so um, that'll be a good game to be at. And Christina just finally uh, would you like to apologise to Zambia for jinxing them? <laughs> yeah it didn't age well did it? <laughs> Poor Zambia. I mean, they had such a good lead up to the tournament. They beat Germany. They drew with Switzerland. Um, yeah, but no. It happens. It happens. Our favourite footy head, Christina Eddy, thank you so much for chatting and I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon as well. Remember, you can watch all of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023 matches on Sky or stream them on Sky Sport Now. And staff has also launched a dedicated online tournament hub. We'll be live streaming some games and there's, of course, all the on and off field action and drama as well. So get amongst. Hey, we're about to tell you why the president of Stanford College in the United States has been forced to resign. And here is a bit of a spoiler alert as to the reason. We want you to get in touch with your worst school cheating story. Academic cheating stories, not the other kind. Uh, exams, homework, tests, assignments, go on. Anything we read out, of course, will be anonymous. You have journalistic source protection enshrined in the law. You can find us on Instagram, uh, search for NewsableNZ, and you can send us an email as well, newsableatstuff.co.nz. And remember, we are also on TikTok. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to chat student media because over in the United States, this is a great story, the, the Stanford Daily, the student newspaper at Stanford University, 
has done some investigative reporting and this has only gone and directly led to the resignation of the president of the university in a scientific misconduct oh, scandal. No. Uh, I need to know more. So um, this is about the now former president of Stanford, uh, Mark Tessier-Levine. He is a celebrated neuroscientist. He's considered kind of a world leader in the field of like brain development study, particularly things like uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and stuff like that. He's authored more than 70 academic papers and he's contributed to hundreds more. He's like a, a rock star, an academic rock star. Which is not at all like a real rock star, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so in in November last year, a, a student journalist at Stanford, Theo Baker, published this really detailed, exemplary piece of journalism in the Daily, and it sheds some serious doubt on some of the research that Tessier Levine had supervised over the years. Um, it, it gets a bit nerdy, but in a nutshell, some of the scientific papers he had overseen. Uh, seemed to have manipulated data to lead to like sexier headlines, sexier conclusions. Oh, no. Yeah. So like, important to emphasize, he, Tessier Levine, he didn't actually carry out this research himself, but he led the labs that did the work. And you'd assume that he would have picked up on any inaccuracies. 100%. It, it, is, it is totally, it's his responsibility. Mm. So like, this isn't a huge deal. He's not going to lose his, his, his overall job. His his reputation isn't in tatters. It's not like he'll never work in academia again. It's not like a fabrication scandal, but it's really, really embarrassing for Mark Tessier-Levine, th- these accusations, and, and they led to an official review of his work. That review came back last week, and it agreed with many of these uh, accusations levelled in the piece. Among other critiques, it said that he fostered an academic culture that rewarded people who came up with big headline conclusions from their work and punish people who, who did good scientific work but that had more un, uncertain conclusions. We can almost deduce where one of the tip-offs about <laughs> all in this <laughs> I would think so, yeah. He, he also actually retracted three papers, and that is a big deal. It's only... Of his own. Yeah. It, it's, mm. it's only one about one in every 2,500 papers that is retracted, according to the Stanford Daily. So T.C. Levin, he will stay on as uh, a professor at the university, but his reputation has taken a big hit, and he did not feel that he could stay on as a president. So, hey, go student journalism. I, I love stories like go this. Go Theo Baker. Yeah, yeah, go Theo Baker. Go Theo Baker. We're still going to talk about one man's failed attempt to steal thousands of dollars worth of chocolate. But just while I've got your attention, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it really does help other people find us. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about that gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. No, that, I what, think Chris, that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah I'm not worried about it at all. Actually, Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so you shared a very serious story with the Stanford College president having to resign. Uh, I want to tell you about the worst and greatest heist of 2023. (laughs) I love it when you put on your serious voice because I know it's not going to be a serious story. Headline alert. Man who stole 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs weeks before Easter (laughs) has been jailed. (laughs) Why would you steal 200,000 cream eggs? thing with all these articles is this guy doesn't seem to have come up with any explanation. So this happened back in February. 32-year-old man, Jobby, broke into an industrial unit in Shropshire, 
which I believe is kind of near Birmingham. And then he stole a trailer that was already filled with 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. And it's because he stole the trailer, because the trailer was already filled, authorities believe it was an inside job because <laughs> he knew what to take. Also, 200,000 uh, Cadbury cream eggs is more than 60,000 New Zealand dollars worth. <laughs> Jobby hopped on the motorway with this stolen trailer. Police were already there by that point and he gave himself up and he walked out of the car with his hands above his head. And he's been sentenced 18 months in prison. And also because the eggs weren't damaged at all, because police were just up the road, they just got returned and, and were put back on the shelves. So people people got to eat without realising. Yeah. If this egg could talk, it would have a great story. Oh, imagine. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked at the beginning, largely because I can't imagine why someone would be would want to steal 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs, given how rubbish cream eggs are these days. Is that controversial to say? So what you're telling me is that New Zealand Cadbury and New Zealand police can sleep easy at night knowing that Emil Donovan simply won't be stealing 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. Yes, though, of course, that is what a skilled cream egg thief would say. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> leaving you on that, uh, that's news for today. I'm Emil Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. Have a great start to your week. Lay off the cream eggs. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit staff.co.nz support.